Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf, and today we are with the beautiful goddess, Emily Fitz, and she is an online business coach for women, for spiritual um, people who are in the spiritual business world, and I've been starting to watch her stories and everything she's talking about, and it's really powerful, and I was actually thinking about it today. We should like drop back in another time and do an episode about what you do. I think that would be really powerful and fun. Um, Totally. Today, first of all, welcome. Thank you. So good to see you. Emily and I met again on the land. Like all my shows are like with people from the land. And we met at the women's retreat that if you all listen to the past episodes, um, we were just at at the end of April and such, we can talk about that too, because it was such Mm. I mean, we have a lot to cover in this one. It's all part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the main topics we're going to jump in today, and and who knows where we fully land, because I feel like we're just going to take off in a rocket ship here, is is really about our moon cycles and being women and calling all of those things back on so many different levels. And Emily just has a really beautiful story that I wanted to dive in with her about in her journey. So we're just going to like, we're just going to jump into that. And it's really perfect timing because I've started tracking my cycle. So like, you know, I, I'm somebody who had an IUD for 14 years. I got it put in at 19 right after I had an abortion. Wow. Um, yeah, I was a 19 year old dating a 37 year old and yeah, that was, and here, what here's go ahead. I had an abortion when I was 19 too. So Yeah. I have okay, a story so about that as well. Here's the crazy thing. And okay. this is how, I mean, I wasn't like, I wasn't really, I wasn't awake to any of this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew the moment we conceived, there was this thought in my head and I could feel the change in my body. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck. I Did you I'm feel pregnant. that little, cause I've never come full term pregnancy. I've had, I had an abortion when I was 19 and I had a miscarriage at 28. And then I had what they call a couple of years ago, a chemical pregnancy mm. where your body starts doing stuff, but the egg doesn't attach. And you have like a miscarriage, like really early on. But I was like, a, uh, I was over a week late on my period and I'm never late. Mm. So that's what my friend told me is that I probably had a, a chemical pregnancy. So things start happening, but it doesn't attach. and then it left, but there, there's something to all of that too. When the people on earth in the third dimension don't necessarily want the child or one person does, and the other person doesn't, I've noticed that's a, might be a whole other topic for another day. We're mm. going to stop on that one real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's why the two times I've had like the miscarriage. And then this other one was the men didn't want it. And right away, the spirits were like, I'm out. Mm. Mm. And I didn't want the abortion. I didn't want that kid. And Mm. we'll dive in that more. I feel like that's something let's talk. Let's, let's start in your story first. And and, and I would love to circle back around those abortions at the end. It's important. Well, it's, it's, it's such a, it's just all part of it. It's such a part of the, the whole evolution. I think of this, you know, coming calling back my moon, which is really what I've been on a journey this year. Um, you know, and I always select, it's really interesting because I've done it the past few years. I always select like a few words or phrases that I, I, uh, that I invite to root my, my year in, right. And my experiences in is through the lens of this overarching theme. And so for me, for 2022, it was 
wildly feminine, unapologetically exposed and dripping in overflow. And so, you know, I've been put through the fucking ringer on this shit, you know, like over here thinking like, oh, these are great little fun words. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be such a soft year. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So fluid. We're just dripping in overflow, right? (laughs) Where's the hot dog? That's a whole other podcast episode. And simultaneously, you know, I've been, I've had to really like move through just just some of the, the, the darkest pieces around shame, grief, mm-hmm. um, you know, something, something that you witnessed me in at the women's retreat was like really being with the grief. Mm-hmm. And what I came to realize after I had my, the abortion at 19, I got the IUD put in and then I lost my mother that following January. So 19 was a hell Great of a year. fucking year for me. Yeah. And what I came to really realize during that retreat weekend was that I had used this IUD unconsciously to like really plug my emotions and that grief so that I didn't have to be with the entire experience all at once. Mm-hmm. And that continued for 14 years. I just kept getting every five years, I get a new one in, you know, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think about it, but what the experience for me, so I totally you know, stopped bleeding altogether. So I didn't have a moon for like 14 years or 13 and a half years. And then, um, you know, I found myself, you know, completely underwater every single month because I was still cycling, but I had no idea where I was in my cycle. Mm. And so I might have these like weeks where I'm just like rage. Yeah but I don't even know I'm cycling. And so I'm making myself wrong for the experience that I'm having or the sensations and feelings that are happening in my body. Mm -hmm. And it's actually been really interesting because I'm in my first real official cycle back. I had, you know, a four, four and a half day bleed. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at like day 15 today. Mm-hmm. And I felt the pain in my ovaries last night, the cramping. So I'm like, Oh, I'm ovulating. Yep. And I started doing some research because all day yesterday, I was like, I could have eaten my husband alive. I could have ripped his throat out and cast him to the wolves. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like anything he said was just so wrong. You know, it was like, right. and I was, I was just out of my mind, out of my mind. And I'm somebody who has a lot of fucking tools, you know, like I know how to be with my emotions. I couldn't, I could not see beyond the red. And he really tried to gently, lovingly point out, you know, that my hormones are probably pretty out of whack after having that IUD inside of me for that long. Yeah. And so I'm like, can you be PMSy and pissy on your when you're ovulating? You know, and and what I was learning is, you know, oftentimes it means that your your levels are out of whack, and so your hormones hormones. And so, you know, it's been it's been a really I'm caught like right in the middle of really just uh, paying attention to my body and what it's trying to tell me and, and, you know, the sensations and everything that's happening around this experience of really calling back that, that moon, which happened on that land. That's, that's like insane. How long did you have the IUD out before you came to the women's retreat? Like five days. Okay. Five days. Yeah. I feel like, like while you were talking about your hormones, like I just got this picture of it, it just kind of what you said, you plugged everything in and, and like, I got this feeling that they're just like, bah, like, they're just like trying to like, they, they've had, they've been so pent up Ooh, that they're angry. Like they just wanted like out. 
Mm. They wanted to like move and they weren't able to move. And that's why it's like so intense right now because they're like (laughs) making up for lost time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I've found that though, as I've gotten older, that around my, when I'm ovulating, it's actually becoming more intense than right before my period. Like that's calming down. And then ovulation, I'm like crawling the walls. Like I will literally want to like punch your face in. And that was me sex, yesterday, right? Like I want to have sex while I'm punching your face in <laughs> like a cat and he with like the ass up high, but I'm like, literally will fucking eat you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Well, and are you, do you bleed on the new moon or the full moon? Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm a jumper. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a moon traveler. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't stick anywhere. And um, yeah. so funny enough though, just, I started bleeding on Monday, right with this full moon. And I have which they, they call it the red moon. Yeah. Which is sages, healers, mystics, wise women. And the new moon bleeding, which is me right now, which is the mm. white moon, is the mother. Mm. And isn't that interesting? Yeah. And that's part of so if we if we go full circle back to the abortion piece when I was at 19, m- number of years later, I took Scott and we went to see a psychic in Los Angeles. Okay. And I was going there to, to have my mother, like I wanted to, to connect with my mother. Um, cause I hadn't, you know, and I hadn't met anybody that had the skills to do that or whatever. And so I go and she stops me and she goes, have you ever been pregnant before? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, it's a girl and your mother wants you to know that she has her. And when you're ready, she's going to take the soul of that child and put it into your uterus. And so this was that piece for me it was like, it wasn't the right partnership uh-huh. but it was the right soul right and that soul has to come through me and scott given yeah. that i don't just completely chew his face off between right. that one being that he lives in the next couple of days <laughs> yeah i mean i did meet a shaman this weekend at onawa that literally could like put his soul back into his body so i think he's okay we'll just call we'll just call uh banky and have him just come right over and he'll I need to hear about that. Put them back together. Oh, it was, it was actually cats coming over later and we're going to podcast about it. Amazing. Yeah. Just to like, get it all. Yeah. It was, it was, it was completely mind blowing. Wow. Completely mind blowing. Um, and spirit led me there like really effortlessly and mm. I wasn't supposed to go and I made it. And <laughs> it all just really worked itself out in the most magical way. Um, but I knew I was supposed to be there the moment I saw the ad for it before even the woman's retreat. I'm like, I don't know what this is. All I read was 40 indigenous indigenous elders from around the world. And I was like, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know why I was there and I'll let you listen to the episode once we get it okay. out of the full story. Um, so we don't take up that time here, but, um, yeah. So about so we're going to, yeah, I guess we're, I guess we're supposed to jump in the abortion piece. Cause I'm really led to just tell you my little story with it. So, um, when I was 19, I was with this guy who he was my first love and he already had two children. He had, so like he, this, he was with this girl, um, who was in our friendship circle back then. And he was 21 and well, no, we were a lot younger though. I was like 16. Like, so she was 16. He's two years older than us. So she moved away with her mother to Arizona and Mm -hmm. after she left him and I fell in love. And then 
two months later, she calls him and she's like, I'm pregnant. And she was scheduled to like have an abortion, but her mom told her if she didn't get one that she was going to disown her. So she ended up keeping the kid, but we were already deeply in love with each other. So that at 16 years old, that's a whole other, another podcast for another day that I really found in actually therapy when I was going through my divorce, like some really deep fucked up seeds that came with that. And from that, and there's like Mm -hmm. a whole encompassing other thing of that. Um, so I had to deal with being in love with someone who was now going to have a child with someone else at 16 years old. And there was a lot that came with that. Um, and then he had a one night stand cause we were like on and off then. And it was just this whole thing. And then I was kept secret because he was afraid that if she found out that we were together, then she was going to hit him for child support. And he was just giving her money like under the table. Then at one point when I was 19, I was paying his child support, like, so messed up and he when we at some moment when we weren't together then he had a one night stand with this girl and she got pregnant and she kept his kid Mm. and same thing with you like the day that you knew that it happened I knew that it happened with us because this is back now I'm 19 and we're like more together he had pulled out that day even and I got pregnant and I could feel the flutteriness in my stomach. It was like this weird butterfly universe thing. And because he already had these two kids, couldn't even, like he was a train wreck, right? And couldn't afford to even pay for them. Like I'm paying for the, I was a cocktail waitress and I'm paying because I loved him so much. And I was like, so under his spell, you know, that I was paying his child support, you know, but also being hidden. Like I wasn't his girlfriend, Fully. And then, and then what's kind of messed up is I've really unpacked this one a couple of weeks ago. He would tell me that he never wanted to marry me and he never wanted to have kids with me. And this is prior to all this. So once I found out I was pregnant, I decided that I realized a lot later that I decided at that point, because I loved him so much. I just loved him so much and Mm. that I didn't want to be a mom Mm. and I never wanted to get married because he always told me he never wanted to get married to me and he didn't want to have kids with me. So I, I held that belief for an extremely long time until recently when I got really real with myself and you're like, no, actually I do want to be a mom and I do want a real healthy marriage. That's not the one that I had, a one that I'm going towards and manifesting to create. But anyway, so it wasn't even a thought in my head. It was like pregnant abortion. And I found out I was pregnant the day before I was leaving to Jamaica with a bunch of friends. And the day after I came back from Jamaica, I had an abortion and it just was like, bam, bam, block it out, move on. Mm. Yeah. A couple of years ago, a few years ago, I was, um, I knew it was a boy. A few years ago, I was in meditation at my altar and um, all of a sudden I've always known I was going to have three kids. Actually, four years ago, a little girl showed up. I was deep, 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 deep in meditation. It was a Saturday night. My husband at the time was becoming my ex, was at work. And all of a sudden I heard mom, the little girl's voice, mom, really loudly in my ear. And it was like, if I was in deep meditation down here, I was brought to like a meditation state up here. So I wasn't fully back in the room, but I wasn't as deep as I was. And when I came into this, into the medium part, for those that are just listening, because I'm using my hands. So when I came up to like the medium space, um, I saw this doll with her face, the doll's face was on the ground and had black long hair. And it was like, 
um, just laying on the ground. And the, and then my attention, if like, as if it was up to the left, it got pulled down to the doll. So I do- saw the doll and then I was at, I was like, who are you? And then I came fully back into the room and then she was nowhere to be found. Then cut to, mm-hmm. I'm now divorced or separated. I don't, who knows in the timeline and I'm at my altar. So I'm living alone. I'm deeply in meditation. And that's when all three of the kids show up. And I have all of their names, what they look like and everything about them. I just started stream of conscious writing and the little boy came to me or the son. So he wasn't little then. And he was really mad at me. And he said to me, you weren't supposed to get rid of me. Mm. And I said, but we weren't supposed to have a kid with that guy was supposed to be your father. Like that would have been like an absolute fucking train wreck. I'm 19 years old. He has two other children. Like and what, what are we going to be like a Jerry Springer? Like he has three different children from three different people and he can not hold a job and like all this stuff. Like, are you kidding me? And he goes to me, he says, he's like, it wasn't about him. He's like, it was about me and you. And then after that meditation, spirit told me, you need to heal this relationship through this channel. Otherwise, if you birth him, he, it will be like the most tumultuous relationship. And I was like, okay, great. How do I do that? And so then they're like, and I started like looking at things online. Like, does anyone know how to like heal a relationship with a spirit, like a baby in the spirit world that you aborted, like, you know, over 20 years ago, right. Or like 20 years ago. And cause I must've been around 38, 39 when this was all happening, being 42 now. So then I was led to this, uh, the green man, if you've ever been there on Lankershim, the it's a spiritual store and they had me go around the store and I was led to these little figurines and I, well, I'll show you in a minute. Cause I was like walking, I'm looking at these little figurines. I'm not seeing one that really felt right. Walking around the store. I got an azurite crystal. I got a little blue chime candle. I'm walking back to this place that these little figurines are at. And in the back in the corner is this wolf hollowing at the moon. Mm. So I got this little wolf mm. and his middle name's wolf. He told me, so I got this wolf. So I set up this, I brought it home. I got all those things, set up the altar, lit his candle, put up the wolf, put with the little crystal, went into meditation. And he showed up in, he was two years old in cathedral rock in Sedona. And he's taking me up and down the river. And I was like, asking him questions. I'm like, do you live here? And he's like, yes. But then he was like really distracted. And he was like, look, mommy, look. And he's trying to show me things and show me things. And we're running around. And I was like, so, you know, do you want to meet your sisters? And he's like, well, no, mommy, not right now. And I was like, okay. And then we just kept playing and he kept showing me things. And then the scene transferred till he was a teenager and his father was in the distance and I couldn't see who his father was. And that him and his father were going surfing and he had dark curly, like kind of longer hair and he was about to go surfing. And we talked for a minute and then I asked him, I go, so who's your father? And then he just turned around and walked away. Mm -hmm. And then that was like the end of the meditation. And then a few days later, I went back into meditation and all the kids show back up. And the youngest one, she's really like fluttery and she just flies off and so the oldest girl, so it goes girl, boy, girl. That's how it's always shown up for me, even though he came first through that abortion. Then when I had a miscarriage, it was her. It was the first girl. Mm-hmm. And I was 28 and I was just loosely having sex with this guy. And 
something told me to go get on birth control, even though I've never wanted to take birth control, like ever, 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 everything always told me, no, do not do that. Mm-hmm. And I go to Planned Parenthood in Minneapolis, I was living in Minneapolis at the time to get on birth control. And it was the same clinic. And I hadn't been there since the day they told me I was pregnant before that they told me, cause then I left to LA for a, a bunch of years in between. Then they told me I was pregnant again. Wow. And then that was the girl. And then I, even though the guy didn't want her, I was going to keep her. Cause I'm like at 28, I have no excuse to not keep this child. And I'm not going through an abortion again. Cause that was horrible, horrible. But the minute he said, I don't want her, this rush came over my body. I was thrown, I was laying in bed with them. I was naked. I was thrown up out of bed. And I like, just like, I could, I couldn't even like, it wasn't even like my legs were running down the hall and I like ran down the hall to his couch and I started crying. Mm. And she, I knew she left. Like, she's Mm. like, I'm fucking out of here. And then the last one, I felt it was the little girl. So I felt them all come in through over life. So anyway, I'm back in meditation a few days after connecting with the boy, they all come back. I'm talking to them. And I said, well, when are you guys coming? And they're like, not now. And they Mm. all just flew away. And then I was really depressed for like a week because they all left me. Mm. And I'm like, why are you leaving me here? Like by myself? Like, this is fucked up. When was this? This was, and I was going to tell you right before 2020. Wow. So this isn't the, like sometime in 2019, like uh, October, November of 2019. And then they left. And I had not heard from them. I had not seen them. I had not anything of them. Like they were out and then everything got shut down. And then the craziness and the insanity, right? And I was like, oh, I get why you guys don't want to come here right now. Like this is bananas, right? Um, And then a couple, do you know Janelle? Did you meet Janelle at one of the, Janelle Renee at one of the retreats? I know she was at the retreat. Okay. Well, she, her and I were doing a, a mushroom ceremony a few months ago, and I was in the middle of telling her the story. And then all of a sudden I go to the bathroom and all my kids are there. They showed up in the space and I come out of the bathroom, like, and they're actually here and they're, they're present again. And it's really interesting. I still don't know if and when they're coming and what that looks like, yeah. or if that we're just meant to now. Mm be wow communicating between spirit and stuff wow um, but yeah that's my abortion story it's incredible it's really incredible yeah I you know it's I remember there's a, a woman um at the retreat who does the body work just for everybody here Mary mm-hmm. and she was giving these massages wouldn't call it a relaxing massage but she was giving these massages <laughs> And she started working on my stomach and I'm just like kind of putting two two and two together right now. And she was really rubbing like down into almost my ovaries and my womb space. And there was no story attached to it. There was no, you know, nothing it was connected to, but just deep grief, you know, just like sadness in the tissues of my body. And, you know, as I've been in process, really healing this healing my womb space you know and I want to talk about the ceremony that you guys yeah. created because yeah. I was yeah. so we're fucking definitely powerful. talking about that yeah but all of it was just so interconnected with what I was really there to make space around over the course of that retreat and that weekend and and that experience and you know as you were talking I remembered 
a moment, I actually had like a aha moment because so much of what I came to that retreat as well was not just that and the grief and the healing my womb, but it was also connected to sisterhood, of course, because of course it is, right? And right when it's like when two or more gather and we're, we're all deeply connected and, you know, it's like, we're so magnificent and powerful. And I had a memory pop in when you were talking about that, when I was 19 and I got pregnant and I was kind of running with this shady crowd, you know, who was, it was college and musical theater and drinking and parties and like, let's take shots of vodka before ballet in the morning. You know, it was like really toxic, um, musical theater environment. And I was living in this like just party house, you know, I I don't know how I wound up there, but I did. And I remember getting pregnant and then it was like, you know, my, my priorities changed in life. Like whether I was going to keep the baby or not, I was now a completely different human being. And I had a best friend at the time. And I just remember, you know, it was like, she couldn't be with me after that experience. And, but at that time, right, it looked like complete abandonment and betrayal. And I think it's really interesting, you know, I haven't even connected those dots, right? But it's interesting that that was, that was a deep pain that I experienced in this lifetime around sisterhood Mm -hmm. that's directly connected to our power and the womb and, you know, and all of it. And, and, and it's connected to you know, my understanding is like the collective spell that we've all been put under for, you know, now, I think it's like forever. thousands of years now, Oh, like thousands, thousands of years. Once we stopped bleeding together and honoring and, you know, like I've been really connected to this, to this story of our, of our womanhood uh, for a few years now, um, you know, the whole red tent and really looking at, when they started coming in with what we like allopathic medicine, Western medicine, whenever that started of, they really kind of displayed this in the show, call it, call the midwife. I don't know if you saw Mm, it actually. I saw a few episodes of that. Yeah. So they go through this evolution over in England over when the midwives would go deliver the babies and they were riding on their little bikes and who knows if that's exactly what it looked like back then, but you know, so many women were birthing at home. Like my father was birthed on his kitchen table. Right. Mm, Yeah. And how you see the evolution, even in that show of where they start intervening to making the women not trust themselves in the own process and giving the power away to these doctors. And they actually really Mm. kind of show the evolution of that and how that slowly started trickling in. Mm. and to where it is now that people are so disconnected give all their trust into these institutions terrified and that I watched I don't know if you've seen it the business of being born with Ricky Lake it's an old documentary now it's old it came out sometime in like 2008 or 2007 sometimes but it's 100% a business it's a hundred like she just taught like really talks about the turning and burning of the hospital beds and what goes along with that. And it's gotten even Mm. more and more and more and more and more and more and more detached where we're so disconnected from our periods, from the birthing process. You know what I mean? To fear it, 
taught mm-hmm. to fear it. Well, and so let me tell you something, because this is really, I think you're going to find this fascinating. And this was a download that a sister of ours, Ava, had about a year ago, a little over a year ago at the Sacred Union Retreat in Joshua Tree. And the download she got is the fear of birthing is the birthing of fear. Mm. the fear of birthing is the birthing of fear and when we heal the fear of birthing we eradicate fear from the planet wow i just got chills that's me too me too (laughs) yeah yeah we've been so railroad and disconnected and you know i did so our one of our sisters shiloh she talked about at the retreat doing a ceremony with her blood and with her menstrual blood and putting it all over her body and i don't remember her whole story fully right now I just drumming and yeah. yeah yeah i don't have a drum but when i came home from the retreat i i was still bleeding when i was on the land and i was there a lot longer than everyone so i didn't do this while i was there but that next cycle i had coming back from the retreat, I use a cup. So I was like, okay, I really feel called to do this and connect mm. with this piece. Yeah. And so I, I have like a Moroccan type drum, but I don't have a nice yet, yet. Cause it's, I'm, I'm calling it in. It has to be the one that like comes, I'm not going to just go buy one. It has to be like the drum. Um, totally. uh, so I put on some native drumming music and filled a bath with like Epsom salt and, um, lavender oil and lit some candles which I always do when I take a bath and then I pulled the cup out and took the blood and in my hands and just like put it on my hands put it all over my face my chest Mm. and I sat with it and it was really interesting what was happening because I was dueling the programming yes to the essence of womanhood and being a woman and, and the, and the divine feminine, what does that mean? And it was so crazy, Emily, the one half of my brain. And I like stayed in a meditative state as in the sense of being just an observer. I didn't attach to any side. Cause I'm like, Oh, I see what's happening here. I'm going to observe the shit out of this because this is really interesting right now. So I just sat for a moment and looked in the mirror and then I just went and then just sat with my chest out of the bathtub and just sat in the bathtub with the blood on me Mm. and closed my eyes and tune in. And the patriarchy side, the, the third dimensional side, the side of the world we live in right in this moment Mm. was saying, you're disgusting. This is gross. Who the fuck do you think you are? Mm. How dare you put this blood on your face? People are going to think this is the weirdest thing. And you're so weird. And this is so wrong. Mm. you should be ashamed of yourself mm. for even thinking that you can do this to you're so fucking powerful. This is so fucking cool. This is so amazing. Like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, why didn't I do this earlier? I'm going to do this every single time I bleed. What mm. codes are hidden? I know there's hidden codes in this blood. What messages does this want to bring? And they were literally going like my brain was like going back and forth of who was having a voice. And I was just really allowing it to fully everyone to have a seat at the table. Yes. Because everyone needed a seat at the table because the programming so deep. And then there was moments I could smell the, um, so just for everyone, it doesn't smell gross. It doesn't smell like whatever. It's just smelled like blood. 
but that's the spell that we yeah. were taught to fear the messy, bloody smell and mm-hmm. the textures and, yeah. and all the things. And, and it's shame, right. And it's shameful. Yeah. And it's like, and that bubbling up of that shame that wanted to come up and the, the, the with the shame, the beating, Oof. like someone was going to come in my house and like beat me and like punish Oof. me for doing this. But then the womanly roar that was coming up in it, but mm. then smelling like that irony blood smell and sitting with that and having those visuals like full on like iron color, like mm. that dark gray, dense gray, rock, stone, right? Mm. And then I just sat and I just let it all just keep going till everything just like calmed down and got quiet. And then I just started washing the blood off. Then I hit the like thing for it to drain and I just let it all drain down, going down the drain. And then I went and looked in the mirror and my skin was glowing. So radiant. Like I just had the best facial ever. Mm. So just a couple of days ago with this full moon, this blood strawberry, I think it was also a super moon again. That's Mm -hmm. happened uh, early. I think it was 430. 4 a.m. It was supposed to be completely 100% on Tuesday morning, but this mm-hmm. was Monday night. Um, I was actually at a gathering at a friend's. I'm like, I actually need to leave because I need to go do my blood ceremony because I just started bleeding this morning. And one of my friends is like an esthetician, does all the things like the, the micro needlings and the lasers and the, you know, so she does all that stuff. And I was talking about doing this and she goes, oh my God, do you want to bring your period blood over sometime this week? And we do micro needling and we do like a vampire facial with it. I go, yeah, she goes, save some because I'm, I'm not free till Sunday. I'm like, great. So that night I took the blood. Did Actually, this time it was really messy. I got it all over the bathroom. <laughs> My bathroom's like white. Did it again, put it all over me, mm. face, chest, stomach, like just all over my body, did the mm. bath. Mm. And this time it was so different. I actually, I had my drumming music and I just danced in the mirror oh my god blood and it felt really sexy Mm. and it felt really empowering and all that shame was gone Mm. all that all the that other thing that I let have a seat and process it didn't show up again Mm -hmm. that metallic-y irony smell wasn't there this time Mm -hmm. which is it which is really interesting it makes total complete sense to me the consistency was thinner Mm -hmm. it wasn't as goopy Mm-hmm. Um, and then once again, I just, because the blood carries the shame, uh-huh. the blood carries the shame. And this is really, I love that we're having this conversation because, you know, I've talked to my husband about introducing him to my moon, right? Like our moon being, being a part of who we are, like almost its own entity, a, a relationship with it, right. As if she were, cause she is. And, um, I found subtle layers. Cause I just had, you know, I had it like a, a little bit of spotting probably two weeks after or 10 days after the ceremony on the land mm-hmm. and then nothing. And then about 16, 15 days ago, I had a full bleed, like my full first bleed. And I was like, Oh in my God, she's 12, here in 12 years, 14 years, 14 years. Sorry. I knew it was. And so I was noticing these traces, right, of shame and stories and like wanting to hide or like, oh my God. And, you know, I wanted to, I celebrated with Scott, but it was like, I, I wanted to bring him into the experience, but I also heard her saying, not yet, not like yet. You need to connect with her Like first. this gets to be our relationship mm-hmm. and something that we get to build together little by little, slowly by slowly, 
right? And like just meeting myself and these parts you were talking about with so much compassion, right? I haven't even like touched it yet, you know? And so it's coming into relationship with it, like each new cycle being a new way that we get to experience each other. And so I have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to do what you did. And simultaneously, it's like, I'm just getting to meet new layers of my, you know, how I get to be with these programs and stories of shame and judgment. And just like, how can I bring the most compassion to myself and my body as I'm meeting this, this part of me for, for, you know, for the first time in a really long time. Yeah. And that in before that, that we were taught since we were young, that it's gross. And I would, I've even noticed commercials like, do you hate your period? Do you think it's so annoying and an inconvenience? Do you did it out? Well, you need blah, 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 blah. And it, we're programmed into it. And the yes. and men are programmed too. Cause they're like, oh, gross, period. I love period sex. I think it's amazing. I have the best orgasm on period sex, but I just love fluids and disgustingness. So I'm like, put all this <laughs> stuff everywhere, anywhere. I don't give a shit, right? That's like a really big turn on. And so like, I'm like, blood, who cares? Like, you know, mm. Um, I even this last partner who I'm no longer with, I actually had him once watch me with my cup. I'm like, I want you to watch me put it back in Mm. because we were having showered period sex. And I was like, I want you to just see this. And like, he was kind of like, okay, but I'm like, I don't know why you're like supposed to watch me insert this thing back inside of me. Right. Cause this is like super cool. (laughs) It's like a little Mm. cup that holds it all. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah. How is the cup by the way? I absolutely love it. I know in like the bigger thing, you should bleed it all out into something. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not there. I don't think I'll ever be there. I like thing. I like to just know I can run around, do whatever and not have to worry about anything like that to me is very, and you can wear it for up to 12 hours. So if Mm. you're traveling or you're doing this or that, you don't really have to like worry, um, of just, I don't mind the messiness, but when you're out in life, yes, I do yeah. not want to have to worry if I'm running errands or on a plane, Totally, you know what I mean? So I yes. really actually enjoy the cup. And for those, those of you that don't know, they really save to really tune, like what's the best for your body is letting it bleed into like a pad and having it fully come out of your body. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, like when I was, have young, you heard of the thinks thinks underwear? Know, I just didn't know. Are they really chemical driven to be able to hold blood um i i don't think so i mean i think they're like like seven layer wicking it's like a pad but it's like Mm. in your underwear okay and there are different sizes and like you know like absorbent cloths almost okay and then you just wash them and wash them which is amazing and what you could do too is you could put a little bit of water in them and then wring them out and then you know use that blood yeah or if you want to really play with your blood, get a cup as well. Yes. Because you can also put your blood in plants. And paint with it. And do, yes. And do vampire facials, which I'm going to totally. do on Sunday. I just have this visual of just like, like, just like fucking like splattering it all over the walls. You know, <laughs> when I first started using the cup, I would have fun making designs in the toilet with the, with the blood. Oh I would like make, yeah, like just paintings, but on, oh my God, we should make paintings too bad. Like, yes. Too bad. Like it's not a thing that we don't just automatically bleed on a, like every single person bleed on a certain day of the month. So I then know. we could have like blood parties, right. Where we just like do paintings and stuff totally. together, but we can't because everyone's 
<laughs> at a different like you know yeah. area but wouldn't that be so fun if we just all like pulled out our cup and then just like threw it on some canvas and like totally it would fun. be amazing it will be amazing we're gonna hold the vision yes that we can just sync up together I sync up yeah. with people really easily that's why I'm a traveler so mm. like if I'm around different women for a certain amount of time I'll start syncing up with them so I just like jump around, but it kind of makes sense with my personality too. Cause like, I am a very, like, I don't have like one friendship group. Like I have, and I've never have, I've always had like a million different, you know, and I just like bop around places. Same. Cause I just get really like kind of bored with like one thing. So I'm like, what's over here? What's over here? What's over here? What are you doing? And that was me at the, at the medicine ceremony too. I was like, I couldn't sit still. I was like, I want to go see what they're doing. Oh, I want to go see what they're doing. Oh, what are you doing? That's right. What's happening over here? Okay, now I'm bored. I'm gonna like go over here. Okay, <laughs> great. Okay, I'm gonna come back. I've gotta like go see what's over here. Amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. But oh, so that was that. So yeah, if you want to like do the cup to really hold on to it, I might look into the things because those might even be really nice for traveling too. Because that's totally. like always the problem with the cup. Then you if you have to like, okay, let's say you're in a unisex bathroom and you needed to dump your cup, and then I always think of like, what are you gonna do when you come out? And like Oh, hey. Uh, but I think like, oh, that's where we were at is really coming back to not thinking this is gross for men, yes. little kids, starting yes. the girls when they're young, even boys like this isn't gross. It's not that's gross. Right. That's right. Well, it's and that was the thing that, you know, that even Lulu shared about the stories and, you know, she was she was telling her life story. We were celebrating her moving into Crone, right, which is where your period ends and typically you step into menopause. And so it was really incredible to see women at all different stages in their life cycle and journey. And um, one of the conversations that she and I got into was how do you bring your partner into the experience, you know, so that when or if he has a daughter and she becomes of age, it's not, oh my God, I'm now scared and I can't, you know, my relationship with her has to change. What if in fact, you got to create a really beautiful ritual out of that experience. And he got to give you, her a locket, mm -hmm. you know, as she steps into maidenhood, because he's not afraid of the, the period and, and the bleed, because he's already familiar with it because of the relationship he has with his wife, right. And her experience. And so he doesn't have to fear it. And then his daughter doesn't have to fear it. And now we're healing the lineage. Yep. And so Lulu actually had a locket made for me. She said, I'm going to, cause I was crying in her lap on this like last day of the thing. And I said, I'm just so sad that, you know, my mom's not here to tell me stories and like, she, you know, and she was like, I'm going to send you a locket when you get your moon. And she sent me this beautiful, I hate that I'm not wearing it right now, but she sent me this beautiful gold locket that had this moonstone in it. And it was round. It looked just like the moon. And then on the inside was my mother's name engraved. It was really special. And it like, it got to, you know, it, it's like, I got to, it wasn't, it wasn't the passage into maidenhood. It's really that passage into motherhood, you know, it's really yeah. this, this next step and phase, whether I'm ready for it or not. I mean, yeah. I, can, I can feel, feel it in the field and yeah. And that ceremony that, that you guys created Let's for jump me into that was so that was really powerful I mean so powerful so powerful so what so you called it you asked for it was it after we did the little ceremony for for Iris is that when you kind yes. of had the idea so yes one of the sisters uh after the crone ceremony she just asked us we were all sitting in the teepee 
um, to if she if we could if she could just like have some blessings into the surgery she was going into um, a few days after the uh, retreat was ending. And so we had her lay down in the middle of the circle and we all came in and laid hands on her and people did different healings. And that was crazy for me because I came in at last and just I'm really finding work with TP. That's another another whole other topic for another day as well, because I've even gotten more information around that. Mm-hmm. The amount of energy that I'm able to pull in through the top of the TP mm-hmm. and bring down that I was channeling in so much energy to put into her that I was literally vibrating after. And I had to go out and sit on the ground for a while to regulate myself back because it was just like so much energy. Mm. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we give her this like healing to, and really just, I mean, she's shifted dramatically after that, that then you were like, that's when it came to you is like, Hey, I would really love something similar to call back in my moon. And it was so perfect because it was such a small, sacred group of women on that last day. It was like really was not meant to be anybody, but all of those who were there. That were there. Divine. That was in a divine appointment for sure. It really was. So it was, they, the retreat ended on a Monday. They stayed till Wednesday. So before I brought Emily and her other sisters to the airport, we went in and did this, yeah, this very sacred like two hours moon ceremony. And I jokingly say we made it up as we went along, but really it was the remembrance as we went along. And so we laid her down and um, let's see, there was Morgan, I think seven of us, six or seven. Liza was there too. Mm -hmm. Liza, Shiloh, Morgan, Ava, Ama, and you. Yeah. Six or seven. And then me would make seven, maybe. Yeah, you're seven. So which six makes total women sense. Surrounding you. Yeah, because there was two on each side. I was at your top, which was super crazy because I had just, I was like in my actual full bleed. So, and the way I was kind of sitting at your head, I was like, I like purposely kind of had my womb and vagina open at your head, channeling in because I was in the middle of flow, like in the deepest where it's like the first two days for me are the, the heaviest. And I had just, I think, cause Monday I started, so I was in it. And so mm. I was channeling like to help call it in, like, cause I'm in the middle of it. And then at your feet, I don't remember who was there, Shiloh, you, Shiloh and she was just finishing hers. Yes. Yes. So she was like the completion of the bleed. And then the other sisters around were somewhere. Liza had just started her just, bleed. Yes. Liza just dripped that morning. Yes. And so we all were in different stages of our cycle surrounding oh. you as well, which couldn't have been more perfect. So perfect. I'm sure somebody was ovulating. Like, I'm just sure of it. Yeah. Like to me, for some reason, cause like Alma was over here, I kept tuning in. Like I felt like she was in full ovulation at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, and even during the ceremony and even right now, I just keep getting this like energy mm-hmm. over here and that she was in that moment. Yep. Ava was somewhere in, she had just ended her a couple of days prior. So follicular phase. Out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just remember that they brought in these drums and spirit told me to tell everyone to like, kind of stop what we were doing for a minute and to tell everyone at the end that we were meant to go in a circle around you like a rain dance and drum. 
Yes. So before that, each sister, when they felt called, came in and did different healings on you. Yes. And I loved, I think, didn't Morgan Morgan did the Ho'oponopono prayer with my womb, which was just so profound. That's so powerful. And it was like, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. You know, and being in relationship, apologizing to my womb you know, apologizing and thanking it and, you know, just being in the deepest gratitude for her. And uh, yeah, that was, I mean, so powerful, kicked it, kicked us right off, you know? And I think Shiloh did some light language yeah. and Ama did like almost like a, like a prayer, like an invocation almost. Mm-hmm. You channeled Mary, Mother Mary. Yeah. Mother Mary just all of a sudden came to me and like, well, she came to me early on, but she, it was just kind of like, hold off and wait. Then she fully came in for you. She's one of my guides, huge. She's, which I didn't she, obviously know at the time, which was such a confirmation at the end. You're like, she's my guide. I'm like, she came in right at the beginning, but we just like held back until we were like called to like come in at our time. Then Liza did some herbs with you. Yes. And Amma's the best prayer prayer ever and oh gave you such a beautiful prayer such a beautiful prayer and a, and like a declaration and invocation of like how who I who I was like a, a reclamation almost a reclaiming that's what it that's what it felt like to me yeah and then we then we all just knew it was the right moment uh Ama and Ava grabbed the drums and we just stood up and it, it, it was like a build and they were drumming and we were just like slowly walking and like more of a meditation then it like just organically it just went faster and faster and we started stomping and louder stomping. yeah and louder and louder and then we started kind of dancing and dancing then we started screaming and yelling and like <laughs> like just really pulling it in and kind of chanting and singing like whatever was flowing and we were like and it was like so like I feel like we were even like creating a portal around you like it really just were. got like so intense and lit like it was just lit in there And it was just like, so just like chaotic and big. And we're just like fully pulling it in. And then then I flipped over. Remember I flipped over on my hands and knees and I was just like you burst out and released the same thing and let it like you like just sobbing go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like my womb was grieving just the deepest sadness. Mm -hmm. That's what that felt like. And right then I was like, we're getting it back. And right then I also, even after Iris and then you, I was like, we're so fucking powerful. We are so powerful. And when we come together, we can, with just our intention and our energy and our gifts, each one of us cure cancer, we can move mountains. Like mm-hmm. we are an unstoppable force. And that always was, have been. Yeah. And the fact that all of us are so willing to just go there with complete trust and everything and no judgment and just like it was I don't know any other women in my world who have that same willingness yeah and I think women are remembering yeah women are remembering but there there is there is a divine assignment for those of us who are here to walk the fire and pave the path of remembrance yeah and after all of that I really like feel called to really start honoring the maiden, the mother, the crone, all like the, you know, the birthing circle, whatever they call it, the bringing back a ceremony for, for girls when they first get their period 
you know, and honoring the crones as they make that transition and really in the midst of all of it, coming together and working together in these energetic spaces and just bringing the power. None of this foo-foo fucking bullshit anymore. Like let's reign in the power. Yes, yes, yes. Because what, who needs what, where? Like, well, what, where do we need to go? What do we need to do? Like, like we got it. Like step out. Power on speed dial. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Like we, and I really feel like we are in, and that was the name of the, the retreat too, is remembrance. Mm. And we're fully in it and we're really calling it back. And really are. a couple weeks ago, this is after I sat with my moon the first time. And I've just been in a such deep, deep, deep journey since the woman's retreat and just so many different layers and levels and, and angles and, and just being like all over the map in this healing. Um, yes. I had this really amazing healing with this man who lives in Italy. He's actually, he's, in, he's older. He's like probably in his late 50s, 60s. He's Canadian, but lives in Italy. And he goes in and he basically takes out programs or belief systems from yourself or the people mm -hmm. around you being parents, partners, this or that. And he goes through your emotional body, your spiritual body, your mental body, and your physical body and goes through your chakras and pulls out these things. And he tells you what he's doing as he's doing it. I need this man. And I will send him. He works through WhatsApp. Okay. And he's amazing. Lulu's gone to him. Shiloh and Morgan have his information now. I don't know when they're going to him. Um, Tammy went to him. Kat's going to use him. He's, I've been telling him he's kind of like right now with all, cause he even like thanked me. He's like, I found him, I've known him through a friend and it just didn't line up before. And then her and I were catching up a couple weeks ago and she's like, you know, James, da, da, da. I go, yes, I need him. It's now in alignment. And the minute he showed up on WhatsApp, I was like, you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what you're doing. I did a healing similar with this lady, this Guatemalan lady, and even it was great. And she was kind of a stepping stone. And I was like, she doesn't have the whole thing yet, though. She, there's a piece missing. She doesn't have all of it. And the minute he flashed on the screen, I'm like him. He mm. knows he, he has all of it. And he went in and I've been carrying a lot of belief systems of from my father and been playing out actually all of his fears. And I've been knowing that what's been happening in my life as of lately, especially when it comes to abundance and you know, a little bit of my story and like, I'm like, this isn't mine. I don't. And this is what's been so confusing to me because I'm like, I don't even think like this. Like, I don't, mm. this is like all this stuff that I've been like unpacking that spirits had me really walk through since I left my job in September is like this surrender trust, but fear, but like just this whole, it's been crazy. And I'm like, but this isn't mine. And that's what I called him. I'm like, I don't understand this. I'm like, everything I try to put in emotion hits a wall, hits a wall, hits a wall. I'm like, to the point this week, I can't even make $1. Like I booked a voiceover job and then it got put on hold. And I'm like, or somebody schedules like an ozone treatment with me and then cancels. I'm like, where is this going? Like, what does this even mean? Right? Mm, yeah. And he, he goes in and he goes, and the way he phrases it too was like, that's my father. And I'm literally been playing out my father's fears and my father's stories. And I'm like, holy shit, because they've really not felt like mine. And he's like, no, you've actually, I can tell you do a ton of work. He's because I don't even have to clear any programming of yourself. He's like, literally, literally this is all other people's stuff that's stuck inside of you. Mm -hmm. And so we did the clearing. He's like, you're going to be a little bit wobbly for a few days. And I was like, emotion, like anger would come up. And then this, that all through the next week, I was just a little bit off. 
but I started to feel lighter and lighter and lighter. And I did feel like some really big shifts were happening. And he pulled out some stuff from my mom too. And then when he went to my spiritual body, he was like your dad. It's like, he won't let himself receive and he won't let himself like connect with source. Mm-hmm. And my dad's just really religious, very Catholic. And he removed that from my crown. And he said, all of a sudden it was like this, like um, cork had popped off. And right when that happened, all this energy flooded in through my crown and my third eye was just like, like lighting up. And I was just like going, like the energy was like blasting off like everywhere. And then at, towards the end, he's like, there was 15 minutes left of our session. He goes, so do you want to talk about relationships? And I jokingly, I'm like, that's what I was calling you about next time. I'm like, this time I'm just, we are going to work on this like abundance. Where are these blocks? What's all this shit? He's like, no, we have time. And I was like, okay. He's like, do you want to tell me about it? I'm like, what? That it's a disaster. I was like, that I have a failed marriage, like lovers that have been a disaster and even friendships that haven't been that great. So what do you Mm -hmm. want to talk about? And he goes, do you want me to tell you why? And I was like, sure. And he said, you're your dad's beacon of light and you're his anchor. And he has 52 cords attached to you. He's like, there's no room for anyone or anything. Mm -hmm. And so he removed the cords. And he said that your father carries a lot of darkness, but the way I see that is he, what I've been working through, which Shiloh and I both are working on this, our finished lineages that have both come from our fathers. And we talked about this recently, that there's more there and that I carried the torch that I took on the torch that he's been carrying of whatever this family lineage is, that whatever the scarcity that goes with it, the hardness, the darkness, the everything. And he's like, I'm, he's like, your dad's a really strong man. And I was like, he is, but he's like, I can't believe all that he's been carrying. And so like, it's been coming on to me. So anyway, I need to speak into this piece about the ancestry thing. Yeah. This is so crazy that this is all just coming up and happening like right now, all at once, because so I've been deep in the healing of my own abundance, financial, financial peace, Mm -hmm. you know, this. And this, this overdoing, overspending, you know, all those, that, that, that way of being right Mm -hmm. is seated in my mother's maternal line, not her paternal, but her maternal line. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost as if I was led, and this was this last Sunday, almost as if I was led by this lineage, right? This, the mother, the grandmother, the great grandmother, and I found myself just five hours later, resurrecting the entire maternal lineage back to 1825, where the, where it just goes cold. And I don't even, it's like, there's this one family tree with a woman named Johanna, no last name, which happens to be my grandmother's middle name. And it's just where the, the like information stops and the searches stop. And we don't know who this woman is, but it's where the, this, this, the, the compulsion and the debting and the overspending is rooted in that lineage. Wow. And so as I'm healing this within myself, it almost feels like these, their, their wings are at my back, guiding me into the resurrection of this lineage. Because I called my uncle, my, my, my aunt was like, call your uncle. He's got all the documents and information. He'll tell you. I call him and he's like, you know more about this female lineage than any of us do. It's almost as if it was lost. Wow. And there's just this, like, what you're talking about is like this, what I keep seeing and feeling and hearing 
is just the healing of these ancient karmic wounds rooted in our lineage. And for us to heal that, we have to resurrect the lineage. We have to come back into relationship with those people and those individuals. And, you know, I created this whole post about like finding this Johanna character with no last name, with three children. And I'm like, how the fuck do you not know her last name? Right. And so I create this post and I'm like, Johanna, I'm going to find you. Like, were you just this like high galactic priestess and, you know, suppressed, like your, your witchy's wisdom was suppressed. And so they hid you, you know, in the lineage, right. But is this where it all began and the suppression and the things and the, this and the, that, and you know, I'm like basically just dead set that I'm going to name my child Johanna because I'm just so obsessed with this hidden figure in our family. (laughs) Yeah. You should tap in because Julia and I just did the past life podcast based on our, all of ours whole thing at the, during, you were part of it, of us being burned in the village, right? Oh, hi. Nice to see you again from 1590. Um, I knew that that was going to happen. I didn't speak of it at the, at the opening circle when I was speaking about like coming here to heal my, the wounds with the feminine. I knew that I'd been betrayed by the feminine, um, that they'd given me up for being a witch in past lives and oh, yeah. to have that actually, but I didn't want to speak it into the space. So I kept that part to myself. So to actually have Julia go into a past life and speak that she did that, like she left us and that we were being burned. And she's like, you were like a leader. You were like a top person of this village too. And Mm. like, she's, you know, and like, it was so mind blowing. And I really feel like that because she could even admit it and see it, that it cleared up. If it happened in any other timeline that just wiped all the timelines because we could really deeply go into that but you should see, because I, I really was encouraging her to use these gifts she has to, to, to timeline jump and drop into these past lives that if she's able to, at some point medicine or no medicine tap into Joanna. I know. I know. I just have drop this her like, into Joanna. I just have this like deep it's like it's like a bodily remembrance confirmation that's like this is absolutely there is something here there is something here yeah so I would I would explore that even with her I will yeah because she's really talented with it and really Mm -hmm. powerful I mean she's writing an entire series that she's channeling wow that's happened and when she was last in in Ireland things that she that were just coming to her she was finding texts about. Wow. And she's like, that was just, I just was like, I mean, she has a total gift surrounding this stuff. So put that in the back and like, see mm. how that plays out. Right. Mm. Of like, you might be able to find that information even through her channel. And it's not really, it has to be you finding it in this third mm-hmm. dimension. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Healing timelines, healing ancestral stuff right now is so important. And it just, even being at Anawa this weekend, um, it's showing me so much more of why I was led there and how I'm even really guided. Like Kat's mom was saying that there are indigenous Finnish people that are like medicine people. Mm. And that's, what's guiding me now to get to them. Like I'm supposed Mm. to get to them eventually 
which is, I wouldn't even have thought that before that I'm supposed to go find my indigenous Finnish people Mm. and learn from them of their medicine ways. Like there's something in that line, but I wanted to tell you about while you guys were in retreat um, and this, so, oh, so I had the session with James at the Monday before you guys went into retreat. So you guys are in the middle of retreat and it was Saturday and spirit told me to go eat some mushroom chocolate. And not a ton. I ate like maybe 0.3, 0.5 grams, like nothing big. And it was like 9.30 and I was like, okay, I mean, it's kind of late, but sure. And so I go, it's in my fridge. So I go to the fridge, get out some mushroom chocolate. I'm like eating it. I'm playing in my spare room where the room I'm in now, where it has my altar and all my fun things. And I'm just like playing my bowls while I'm like kind of dropping in. And then it was like 10.30 and I normally bring out Maylee then. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to bring Maylee out so I don't have to worry about her. And I don't want to run into one, anyone if I go deeper, like, because that's always annoying when you find normies when you're like on, on medicine. You're just like, right? Like we're in totally different worlds and your energy is weird and I don't want to be here. So I was like, I bring her out and then she just wanted to go to bed. So I was like, okay, I think I'm just going to go to bed. So I grabbed my computer and headphones and I was guided to just turn on some, why well, there's, there's this YouTube station. That's the Octarian station mm. and they play like really awesome music, but it's like kind of more like, like one tone. It very, barely shifts. And I like that for meditating or deep. Cause I'm not, I won't get like shifted out of where I'm at. And so I find one that's like two hours and 20 minutes long. I'm like, perfect. I won't be disrupted and it won't end right away. So I put the headphones on, I put on the music and it was very very, very specific that I absolutely was not supposed to have my phone in the room. And they showed me that there really are entities in our phones. You should never Mm. sleep with your phone in your room. And they do, they're able to go into your psyche. And then Mm. it's really strong, dark entities that are with our phones, but your computers are fine. Mm. So that's why I could have my computer and not my phone. Wow. Then, so I lay down and I start and the medicine starts going deeper and I drop in and they showed me, and it's, this is funny. This is really funny because your retreat was called unbound, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They showed me that I was completely bound up energetically as if I'm going into the world, bracing myself for impact. Wow. And being a server, as I was for so long, I constantly had to go out in the world, bracing myself for impact. Being in LA, it's just a lot of energy. I had to go out, embrace myself for impact. My last lover, don't want to go down that road of a story, but he would do fucked up things, whether I don't know why he would do them to make me jealous, to get a rise out of me, or just because he was really fucked up. We don't know. I'll have a conversation with him at some point in life and figure out what the fuck but I would have to brace myself and we had worked together to not knowing if I was going to work, if he was going to do something that would literally take my heart, rip it out, throw it on the ground and stomp on it. Right. Mm. Yeah. Then they showed me my heart was completely clenched and they're like, how else do you expect abundance or good energy or things to come into you? You're they're literally bouncing off you because you're bound up so fucking tight and your heart is closed so tightly. Nothing can get in. Mm. And I was like, oh, so we started unwrapping me and unwrapping me and unwrapping me wow. and opening me and opening me. And then, so the healing work that I do one-on-one with people, the energy work, they guided me to start doing it on me. 
And as I started doing that, then my angels showed up on one side, my guides showed up on my other side and they started working on me too. And I started crying. I was like, oh my God, I feel so like honored that you guys are here. Cause I know you show up for other people when I'm healing them or the sound bass or anything, but like, I've never seen you guys actually show up for me. Mm. And then they had me start tapping on all of my um, chakras and humming mm. and just humming and humming and tapping to regulate all of them. And then I was like, put one hand on my chest and one hand on my womb. And I was just really lightly rocking myself like this. And I just started saying out loud, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. And then I just started like fucking bawling and bawling and bawling. And then they're like, make love to yourself. And my whole body just like lit up and it just started moving like tantrically, right? And I just started rubbing my arms and rubbing my breasts and just like all over, just like rubbing myself. And I went into like this big, it was soft, but it was big, like orgasm. Right. And my Mm. whole body was just like, and then these black women showed up in the field and they were holding the feminine and they were holding the energy of me in this orgasmic state. And then I had this feeling, I was like, oh my God. I haven't been here for like a really long time. Like I haven't been able to make love to anyone because of the spaces that I've been in or the situations that I've been in where I get to connect this deeply with someone and or myself. And it was like, I was like, whoa. And then I went into this whole thing where then it showed me of all these men that I've been in relationship in my life that they would come in strong and they would come in so big. And then there was no follow through. And they didn't just show up and follow through with me, right? It's like they didn't do the whole make love with me into the grand orgasm. It was like, yeah, I feel this way about you. No, fuck you or whatever it is. Even my Mm. ex-husband, he just started getting really drunk a lot. And it Mm. just like, it just didn't, these things just don't go anywhere. So they don't go anywhere. So they don't go anywhere to birth anything. They don't birth life. They don't birth birth. They don't birth children. They don't birth future, right? It's just this nothingness. Mm. And I went- void deepest grief of not having anyone show up with me to birth life with me Mm. and I fucking cried so deeply then they told me to get my yoni wand which I have a red jasper yoni wand and they're just like put it in insert it in the vagina and then take malachite which is a womb healer put that I went and got my malachite they're like put that on the womb and then I got a manifestor stone and a kundalini citrine which kundalini citrine actually have it here it's really powerful it actually has rainbows in it and then this mm. one it's little it's little babies in it but what makes it different than regular citrine is if you put it in certain light you're not gonna be able to see it on here but there's little rainbows so i put one on each ovary and then that's when we went into the forgiveness and the deep womb healing and we just went deep into my womb Mm. and allowed more tears and flow to come with that and just like allow because a lot that I was holding with in the healing with James was all in my sacral so a lot of emotional beliefs from my parents that were all stacked in my sacral Mm. so we just went and really like cleaned it out and moved the energy out and the next morning I show up at my friend's house and she looked at me and she was like you look different I was like I think between James and going on this really deep journey with myself last night and healing, like I shifted something 
so deeply and created space that has not been there for an extremely long time. And then to show up this weekend at Anawa with 40 indigenous elders and leaders and shamans from around the world and go into that, it's just been this huge, like, I feel like I'm being birthed now into this life mm. that I was, I was envisioned, right? And mm. seen, and I'm really excited to see what comes up with that. Am I creating, am I now tilling my soil to create space for these children to come in? The womb is the portal. Mm-hmm. The womb is the portal. It really is. It really is. And us to just keep birthing these visions and these dreams. And I'm so excited for you that you, you know, it's two, 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 by the way. Hey. Of course it is. Um, I know that you are reconnecting and you followed to get yourself out of that. I really actually don't believive in birth control. I, I understand it. You know, there's a new documentary out, right? No. I think it's called The Business of Birth Control. Jesus. Yeah. I intuitively, I was new. Um, after my miscarriage, right before I met my ex-husband, I, or actually when I met my ex-husband, because I got pregnant with that guy right away. And, and I, what I really saw from that is I'm, I'm, I'm happy that one didn't go through because I was like, we just like, if I would have had to been connected with him also the rest of my life, like that would have been like, just so annoying. And, um, and we didn't really even have a deep relationship. We were just like drunk fuck friends. Right. And then mm. I got pregnant and he really wanted to be with me though. If you know, we were going to be parents. He wanted to marry me and be with me, but it was just like, I just really don't see this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but when I met my ex, he was young and I was 30 and he was 24. Actually, he just came out of college. And that's when I actually decided to get on birth control though, because the guy that I had the miscarriage with, he right away started dating another girl. And that was a wake up call for me of really be careful who you have sex with, because if it doesn't work out, then what you're going to have a kid. And now there's going to be another person, like another woman potentially in the life. And I'm very territorial like that. I'm like, I don't know if I could actually handle that and, or having mm -hmm. to know someone my whole life that I really don't care to know my whole life and have to deal with. So I did get on birth control for one year when I first met my ex and the weirdest shit started happening to my body. And I had a three day cycle and that was it. It turned to five while I was on birth control. I'd never had cramps. I started getting cramps. I never had bad PMS. It gave me PMS. My yeah. hair started falling out. I was constantly constipated. I would have yeast infections like chronically and they would put well, me on different ones and it would still just be one big fucking yeast infection. You should look into, they talk about it in the, in the documentary, which I haven't seen yet, but I want to, they talk about the woman who started Planned Parenthood and she opened up the first Planned Parenthood. She was a white woman back in, I don't know, 18 something in New York. Yeah. And she opened up the first, the first Planned Parenthood, I think in, in Brooklyn, I think, or it might've been the Bronx. I'm not sure, but she, she opened, I, I don't know the history of New York city and, and the different, um, you know, gentrified areas or whatever, but she, she, it's, it's, it's noted and, and in history books that she created birth control or, or whatever, however this came to be and abortions and all of these things to, to basically like white race, the population. Wow. And to wipe out the minority. So she would put Planned Parenthood, 
locations in these oh is that really why low income yeah. areas yeah where you know where she basically and she would pass out birth years ago like when I was going there like when the first time I found out I was pregnant like 20 years ago I had to drive to like a yes very sketchy yes. neighborhood yes. exactly so fucked up it's really fucked up so fucked up I mean, then there's the conspiracy as well that Planned Parenthood is connected so deeply with like the whole other side of things that that's why they want people to get abortions and they take the aborted fetal cells and that's what they're putting in vaccines and stuff. And that's why Mm. there's actually so much, um, that's why the hormones are all off with kids and people want to be different genders because they're having aborted fetus cells be put into their system through the vaccine. So it's messing with their hormones. Wow. So they, they might, yeah, absolutely think that they are a different gender, but it's not that they cleanly came to earth and thought that they were, I do always believe in every single one of these things. There is a small percentage that's organic. I really do believe. But when you start seeing massive changes in society over something, it's either programming or we have to pay attention to what is being put in our bodies chemically something like that if this conspiracy is actually true or not Mm. you have to start looking at there's something bigger happening then this is just the way that it is now and all these i really don't believe in my heart of hearts that and and people can shame me for this and get mad at me i don't care i've studied a lot of different things through the years that there's that many kids that came into earth right now that really came into the wrong sex i really don't believe so i really Mm. don't believe so and if it's a phase for the kids, fantastic. I was a tomboy, totally get it. But that kids that actually need the sex change to get to a different gender, something else is happening. And there's such a bigger conversation that needs to happen around that than that it's just a coincidence or whatever you want to call it, or that's just the way it is now. I really don't believe so. Autism's the same thing. There's a mm. bigger conversation around that. Yes, do I believe throughout time there's people that have been autistic? Absolutely. But when you start going into massive amounts of people that I live in an apartment building in LA, that there are three autistic children, two of them severely autistic, that something else is happening. And if we just turn a blind eye and just say that that's okay, it's like, I'm going to take it right back to women in their periods and like endometriosis, people getting hysterectomies, you know, people having really bad PMS, P there's another PCOS. Mm-hmm. This is not normal. What this is a byproduct of is us being taken away from our organic selves, from us being programmed away that this is gross, from us not being able as women to remember to connect to our bodies. And what's happening is the after effect that our bodies are screaming, pay attention to me, please honor me, please love me. The fact that we are so programmed to even have multiple sex partners and it's so cool of how many people you should have sex with is coming so far away from like the divine feminine masculine coming together, even if you're same sex, that's, that's, I'm not even talking about that. Cause like we all say, we all have it all in us and everyone mm-hmm. shows up in their stronger form, but coming back together with, if it's same sex, that's fine. If it's, you know, heterosexual, that's fine. But coming to that one partner and creating and diving and, and, and honing in that energy, that making love that happened to my body, the remembrance of what that actually is when we come together and the power that's actually in that and where we could actually go, Mm. 
where we can go by connecting back with our wombs, where we can go by connecting back to our blood, where we can go by coming back to this divine union. Mm. Like we don't even know as humans, we're so fucking like hijacked away. We're so, and so far away because our power, like our power even lies in our, in our emotions, understanding to use our emotions, to use it as power, to create bigger things that are so far beyond this little Mm -hmm. rat race world. They're trying so hard to keep us in Mm -hmm. because we don't even know our potential. And one of the shamans even said that this weekend, he's like, we do we only use like, you know, and he uses way more of his brain, but he's like really like, yeah, really powerful. But like, we have no idea what we could possibly create or what, where we could possibly go or tap into because of all of this bullshit and all of this wasting like our time. It's just the distraction of coming back into self. And I just feel like such, and this has been for me, like, I love this conversation and us sitting down so much because it's, it's been trickling in for me now for probably like a decade, like very whispers and slowly before I even knew anything of anything. I'm like, I'm really called to like study the red tent thing. And I'm really called to like, and it's funny because I spoke at the women's retreat, you know, I just have never really, because I haven't had kids and like, because of like, you know, I even spoke there as like, because I've had, I don't have big boobs. Like I've never really felt like a full woman. And I was such a tomboy growing up, but this force of feminine has really always been with me. So there was this part of me when I moved to LA, like I stepped fully into the masculine and kind of became a man because like I had to, I was like a young woman in a city by myself. Like I had to step into that role, but the feminine has always been like, Hey, come back. Then Mm -hmm. I started wearing dresses. Then I started wearing heels. Then I started, you know what I mean? Like Mm. come back over here, come back over here. Hey, Hey, Hey. And then now I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just being like invoked with this, like we need to come back to like, you know, the feminine and the roots and like really understand this and the ceremonies and yes, all of it's it. It's so and important. Full remembrance because it has just been so hijacked. So hijacked. And it's so important. It's and like it's the so, most important. Yeah. And it's so sad. Yeah. The Planned Parenthood, they even, you know, bringing drugs into the low income families to split up the families, to create these new cultures to create these new ways of being to just start breaking us apart and disconnecting us further and further and further and further from all of our essence as human beings yeah well with that i know do you have any final thoughts Mm. insights stories Mm. anything you want to close us out with i um you know it's i'm seeing the I'm loving this conversation that we're having here. And, you know, I'm remembering even at the unbound retreat, my, my oldest sister and her oldest daughter, my niece were in attendance. Amazing. And my oldest sister we discovered is an ancient high galactic priestess from Syria. I know it's amazing. And she's forgotten her power. Right. And she's also that that's, that's that, that the, Shiloh even pointed this out, the Syrian programming and the manipulation and the addiction and, you know, and like it being really rooted in like the lineage of that. But regard, irregardless of that, you know, I was looking at her having a conversation. This was on the last night and my niece was there and I said, I am here to bring the witch code back into, to resurrect it on my father's side, my paternal lineage. 
rooted in like the most ancient English, you know, English times. And I was realizing and recognizing like it's hiding, it's hidden in the artist, it's hidden in the creative, in our line and in our lineage. But there is a, there's a female witch line that's been suppressed and forgotten. Mm -hmm. And with my mother's Germanic history and then my father coming together, I'm bringing this code back online in our lineage. And, and our, my dear friend, Morgan, who co helped to co-facilitate the retreat too, looked at me and she said, I really think that you had to have this remembrance before you bring a girl into the world because she's here to carry that on in a new way. And, and my sister and my niece, right, are here to help support and usher the remembrance of that back in and through our lineage. And you won't even believe this. We are flying out the two facilitators that facilitated at the retreat to Boston, to the Cape, and we're doing a two-night family journey with our family and with her her other son. And we're just doing this like deep work together as a family. Wow. Stop. That's amazing. By simply, and I think that the, like how I'll bookend this or like wrap it is like by simply doing the work we're doing, having the conversations we're having, like that willingness, that, 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 that group of us that chose the divine assignment to be the way showers, the fire walkers, the, the, the leaders, yeah. right. And simply I did nothing but my work mm -hmm. and continue to say yes and yes and yes show and up. heal and heal and show up and have the conversations and share these stories like we're doing here, remembering the ancient ways and then one and then another and then another and then another and then another people who I never would have ever thought in a million years would come and remember and remember and remember. It's like the most incredible magic. It's so magic. And, and more and more, I think we're just going to be so surprised of more and more of the people that are going to start waking up yes. to wanting to remember yes. and joining in, in their own way, or yes. like with our, you know, as this is spreading out and what we're all doing and, yes. and the three of us are going to read red tent together this summer. Oh, amazing. I know. <laughs> yeah. Remembering the ancient ways. Yeah. It's really important and it's really interesting. And I feel like that's why I was just on divine assignment to go to Ottawa and sit with them because in, and, and where I'm at now in my journey and just in this really deep honor. And I just felt such gratitude to be there and thank mm. spirit for getting me there when really I wasn't going. Mm. And I was at the closing fire ceremony and I kind of had a cold all weekend and one of my neighbors had COVID and I just like held back because I just didn't know where this thing that was happening in me was going. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm a bunch of elders that come from the jungle and wherever, like, I'm not going to like infect everyone. So I just kind of like all weekend, like kind of held back, stayed in my own space until I realized, yes, it was just a head cold and it was passing. So then at the last night at closing ceremony, I inserted myself, there was one seat left right at the fire with all the elders across from me. And I like, I kind of was sitting back and spirit was like, no, ask that girl if you can sit there. And I like walked up to her, I go, hey, can I squeeze in like right here? And she's like, absolutely. And to sit at that fire and have all of them right here in front of me. And I was like, oh my God, like, holy shit. 
like if I'm not meant to like in divine appointment right now and like where my path is going and what I'm supposed to bring and being infused with this energy and they all came around the fire and started praying and I just had my hands out and they were right like a foot in front of me and I'm just feeling the energy and praying with them and I was just like I feel so fucking honored that I get to sit in this because this is some ancient shit right now. And they're, mm. they've been holding the line. Like they have not broken their line. And the fact that I can have this come to me to turn and where do I keep the line? How do I find my line? What do I, what do I do next? Where do I go next? What do you want from me next? Because clearly this is so purposeful of the work that we're all so committed to doing. I really just had this visual image of you creating some kind of like course or program on this deep remembrance and the honoring of our lineages in this way mixed with God knows what else. Right. But like period blood, totally period blood. Yes. But I, yeah, yeah. Like there's something to all this and I, I do, I feel it too. Like I'm on, Ever since Santos, myself, Yeshua, this guy, Adam, that was on the land, I don't know if you ever met him, and Marco, we all did a mushroom journey together, um, April of 2021, and it was so profound, and that's when- What? I did a mushroom journey with all of them, except it wasn't Yeshua, but I think it was Adam, and Adam was like a little bit shorter. Yeah. Like a little bit of a shorter guy, like kind of like- like Yeah, a little he's stocky like a Brahma, and- Brahm, Brahmin. He's like a Hindu, he's studying- yes. Yeah. Santos, it was Adam, Andy, who's my niece's partner. She went and helped him build the Scott, room, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And Scott and myself doing a mushroom journey on the platform. Oh my that God. Well, we were year. on the platform. Yes. Yeah. I think it was like maybe weekends back to back. Probably. Wow. And I felt myself in that moment, holding that medicine woman position in that group with all of these men in that circle on that platform. And it was the first moment that I had that remembrance of like, of the power of the woman in those spaces and the elder. I had the very similar thing. And that night was led to they, my Lottie lineage or Kiwi Lottie is the real last name to start to follow that path and start healing that line. And we, we were, it was me and Adam and Santos in the room and Marco was going through all this like really big releasing and I have a selenite sword and we were like just clearing the energy. I was going around clearing the energy on them. And Santos was like, do you want me to clear you? And I was like, yeah. So he does it. And he's like, hold on a second. He takes my hips and he just does that like a slight shift. And this big black block broke off of my side. The room got brighter. Like everyone saw it. And I was like, my grandfather, he passed away. My grandfather, Lottie, my dad's dad, before I was born, he's always stood behind me on my left side. That's where the piece broken off. The room got brighter. And then I was like, I think something just got broken off from my Lottie lineage. I was like, I think we're starting to heal something of my ancestors, like right then. And then Mm -hmm. the next day, Yeshua comes in in the house and Adam and Santos and I were all just kind of doing like little integration-y stuff, like just talking. And Yeshua comes up to me, gives me a hug and he calls me Sarah Bear. And I was like, that's weird because the only person that's ever called me Sarah Bear was my father. And I feel like that's my grandfather because I was just, we were just talking about this more just now about me with this, having to heal this lineage and especially this ancestor line. Then you come in and say Sarah Bear and then he's like, he's conf- like, cause he doesn't know me in this plane. 
So the only way he can communicate to tell me that it's right is by having him tell us something that's only between my father and I. Then an hour later, Tammy, who's in LA, who knows nothing of anything, randomly texts me an hour later and says, does anyone call you Sarah Bear? And I was like, I can't. And everyone's like, shut up. Like everyone started freaking out. I'm like, if that's not confirmation, and then it's just been this following the breadcrumbs. So then that was in April. Then in August, I'm at my family cabin that my grandfather Lottie built and my dad has outside of it. Um, like all cabins do. If you've been to cabins, they have like the family name outside the cabin on the road and then underneath it. So it's Lottie. And then underneath it, it's on a different plaque. He writes Kiwi Lottie, our real last name that they cut part of it off when they came to America from Finland. And I'm standing there looking at it. And all of a sudden spirits, like you need to put your name back together. That's why you can't feel your ancestors because your name's not put together. And right then I decided to put my name back together. That's why if you see on social media or different things, it says Kiwi Lottie. I haven't done it legally yet because I don't feel like paying them $400 right now or more. Who knows however much it costs. I put it back together. I said I would put it back together. And then they led me down to the lake and we had a whole ceremony in the lake with me and my ancestors. And they all just came flooding in at me. And Northern Minnesota looks a lot like Finland as well, which is really interesting. And they all came and I stood there and the sun's like going down and I'm just feeling everyone showing up. And then they had me like dive into the water at the end as like a baptism. And I really like ever since then, it's just been this like, and then when Shiloh and I dropped into our Starseed um, podcast, that's when we figured out, because we were talking about her last name, that she's Finnish and I'm Finnish. And we both have this like thing of like, we really need to go to Finland And then I meet a girl with Ama at this birthing circle ceremony thing. The sister-in-law is Finnish straight from Finland. So she can like guide us in Finland or whatever we want to do with her. Right. And then Kat's mom this weekend saying that there's medicine people in the Finland lineage and like Shiloh and I are both being, but we are both called to heal this patriarchal side it's just been like, you know what I mean? And you then the medicine the people, up. you can't yeah. sh- make this shit up. <laughs> yeah. And then I found my teacher at Anawahu too, who I've been waiting to meet of who I'm going to do ayahuasca with. Cause I never met, I d- I'd never done it. And I've been waiting. I'm like, I don't know. I know oh. I'm supposed to go to the jungle and I don't know where, and I don't know who, but someone. And then Banky shows up on my path and I'm like him, that's who I'm going to the jungle to do ayahuasca with like hands down, like And I feel like that part needs to come first before Finland, because there's going to be something in that journey that's Mm going to open me up more to see Mm -hmm. more of what comes after next. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fucked up (laughs) half the time, all at the same time, isn't it? It really is. It's duality at its finest. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for connecting with me Mm -hmm. and coming on here and being so open to share your story and Mm. for us to connect deeper on this because I felt such a big part of this journey with you. So when I saw that you got your moon, it was just like, it was like, we need to, we need to talk about this because yeah, it's magical and it's special and it's powerful that everything that we got to share that moment together and have that ceremony for you together and to watch it come to fruition. And you called it. You're like, I'm going to get it like right after this, but you're like, it's not like going to be tomorrow. It was like, Mm -hmm. it was like the exact time that you said Mm -hmm. was like when it showed up. Mm -hmm. 
there's something I'm going to text you that I want you that you might want to look into to help balance your hormones, but in a really gentle, loving way. Amazing. Here for um, it. It's called seed cycling. It's really easy. You use like pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, mm-hmm. something else and something else. And so from the moment you, I mean, you could even do it wherever you're at your cycle. Now you just know that you do for 15 days, you do a certain set of seeds and then for 15 more days or, or 14 and 14 or whatever your cycle is split it in half. Mm. So you do some, and then it, they balance your hormones. You can just sprinkle the seeds like on a salad or in your smoothie or whatever, or just eat like a teaspoon and a teaspoon, right. Or tablespoon or whatever yeah. it is. But it, I think it's like a really loving, gentle way than doing something really big right now for your body to help balance. Totally. Just do something that will just do like a little bit of helping this integration and, and calm them down a little, but they still get a voice, but they're not like mm-hmm. so rambunctious. Yeah. <laughs> right the, the the rambunctious kiddos yeah they're like you shot at us up for 14 years totally <laughs> you're gonna hear what we have to say we're not gonna sit here quietly and you're like well i don't know what's happening to me like, it's totally <laughs> happened. It's too good yeah thank you you're welcome such a blessed spirit-filled conversation yes, today it has and it's been so wonderful to connect with you even deeper. This is just the beginning of even really more is. bringing back the witches. I'm actually titling this Drawing Down the Moon, which if you've ever heard it, mm. it's a witch. You know, when the full moons, the witches go out and draw down the moons. That's that's what I decided the title of this podcast is going to be because it encompasses all of it, right? really does. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. And we will talk with you again soon. Bye. Bye.